What's up, Internet? My name's David Webb. I get nerdy nightly. Thought I'd share it with you. Today I got nerdy a little bit earlier in the day than usual. Got up a little early. I needed to get a haircut for an audition I'm going on later in the day. This is Wednesday, February 27th, 2019. And I woke up and remembered that uh, long before I woke up, I was not up at 6 a.m., uh, there was a Nintendo Direct, mostly focused on Pokemon, and by mostly I mean completely. I think I even called it a Pokemon Direct, and they announced the new game, guys. Uh, we're getting Pokemon Sword and Pokemon Shield, which is very exciting because it reminds me of my love of Marvel Comics, Comics, uh, Comics. But they're coming, and I gotta say that trailer looks. Oh, it's gorgeous. That it's honestly it is the Pokemon game I always was playing in my head when I was playing Pokemon Red and Blue. You know what I mean? Like that's how it always looked to me when I would imagine it. And it, it we finally have the technology to catch up with the uh, the gameplay that we always wanted. Couldn't be more excited. I thought they did a really good job creating the, you know, kid-friendly version with Pokemon Let's Go. And so I'm hoping to get back into some crunchier uh, Pokemon battling with Sword and Shield. Very excited. Curious about these new starters. Um, got them pulled up in front of me. The Here's the truth about me, guys. I am a fire starter guy, mostly just out of some uh, enduring... A loyalty to Charmander, who's always been my main man. So, there's definitely a part of me that thinks I'm probably going to start with Scorebunny. Unless we get the revolutions and there's just something that really pops off to me that I want to play with. Um, but we also get Grookey, a grass-type little monkey dude. Looks pretty chill. And Sobble, who's a water lizard. Looks like has some camouflage ability. So probably very high evasiveness. I'm excited. And I just think it looks gorgeous. It's, it's a real pretty game. And I wish that they had a hard date for it. Late 2019 is a little little nebulous. But what can you do? Before I get into the interview today, that's right, this is another interview episode. I'm very excited. I have Brett Feel in the apartment today. Came up to Harlem to talk with me about Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. We ended up talking mostly about The Bachelor, which, you know, is what happens when you get two straight men together. But the thrust of the conversation does turn towards Spider-Man and some of the stories from that, the experience of that, what it was like to be a part of probably the most written about show in the last, you know, decade and a half of Broadway. Really wonderful having him in. He's a good friend and he's a funny dude. I think there's a lot of really interesting parts of the interview. I hope you guys like it. Before we get into that, though, I just wanted to talk about... So over the weekend, I saw... Follow me on Instagram, you saw. Uh, I did a double feature of Alita, Battle Angel, and How to Train Your Dragon 3. And I gotta say, I don't really get the hate. Or not the hate, but the the dislike that Alita is getting. I thought that movie was just wonderful. Really enjoyed it. I had a great time the whole way through. The characters, I think, are interesting and fun. The action is incredible. 
the 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 visual effects of that movie are absolutely stunning i i think it's definitely a early contender for visual effects oscar next year just because there was never a point where rosa i wish i had her name in front of me uh where her face looked wrong or weird to me it just clicked the whole movie i thought the thrust of the you know the sequel was interesting and i would have liked to have seen it but uh yeah i just don't really understand why it didn't take off i think it's a lot of fun and having seen it i definitely think it's going to do a lot of big business overseas and we might still be getting that sequel despite you know everything that happened how to train your dragon 3 on the flip side of that was absolutely incredible it's a wonderful film it's one of the best third entries in a franchise i've seen in a long time um closes out that trilogy in a really really wonderful way closes out those characters arcs the how to train your dragon series did a really excellent job of building all its supporting characters arcs to just flow over the whole three picture frame while also doing a good job of arcing them over the individual movies and i just i really love the way they ended it it's a, it's a beautiful sweet ending that i think you you have to see it. I think you should see all three. I think they're all really great movies. But the third one has the, that last like fifteen minutes is just really really wonderful moral messaging for kids and heartwarming. And I, I just I really really adored it. Uh, before I jump into this interview, I also want to just throw a huge shout out to Black Panther for winning its three Oscars this year. It's an incredible movie. I think it deserved more. I would have been very happy to see it win Best Picture. But you gotta take what you get, and what we got was pretty good. Um, I also just want to throw a big old shout out to Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Uh, you were a shoe in to win Best Animated Picture, and I'm glad you did. Speaking of Spider-Man, let's talk some Spider-Man with Brett Thiel. Enjoy. <laughs> What's up, Brett Thiel? Hello. Welcome to the Nerdy Nightly Podcast. Hell yeah. Thanks for coming in. I'm uh, so honored to be here. Welcome Thank to Harlem. Thank um, you for representing your uh, Canadian roots with your Tim Hortons cup. Oh, I've got to. I've got to. And then my roommate's roots with her Les Mis mug. Yes, absolutely. She for was me. born in uh, destitute France. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, how you doing? I'm doing great. Are uh, you... Uh, you just closed Clueless. I just closed Clueless the Musical at the Signature Theater. It was a wonderful time. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish it would have run longer. Yeah. You always do. But you got you went in knowing that you guys had an outdate. Yeah. It was yeah, a limited yeah. It engagement. was always a limited run. Um, Dove Cameron is, uh, fortunately busy. for her, a huge movie star. And unfortunately for us, very, very busy. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. You know, uh, we're all hoping that there's some sort of a life afterwards. That Absolutely. That we can have a bit of a um, high school reunion and do it um, for more money. Right. <laughs> the, the goal is always for more money, but yeah, somehow it's always less. Exclusively what I'm here for. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's that's awesome, man. Um, uh, for those of you who don't know, Brett Thiel is a Broadway star, actor, uh, dancer, and a uh, very, very funny man. Um, and I want to bring you in, obviously, because of Spider-Man. This is the Nerdy Nightly podcast. Hell we talk yeah, about man. nerdy things. Um, and uh, yeah... You and I met 
at mm-hmm. pace. Yeah. But you started dancing long before that. I'm I assuming. did. I did. I uh, I grew up as a gymnast. Mm-hmm. Um, Shocking. I started doing gymnast. When, I started doing gymnastics when I was like three years old. Oh shit! Um, what what gym can you do at three years old though? More than you'd think. Well, like you you can um, you can write a zip line just as at an expert level. Um, uh, There's no fear at that point. You don't you don't like know what it's correct. Like well, also it. your bones are like made of liquid at that point. Yeah. Like you can pretty much like take your foot and stretch it over yourself three times before you feel it. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so there's lots of like elementary mats of like this is how you do a forward roll. They get you used to like tucking your head down. Um, they teach you how to fall down, which was good because that's something that I do more often than not. Um, I, I, I unsuccessfully land things a lot more than I do successfully. Um, so I did that for about, uh, nine years. Um, and then I was a cheerleader for a time. Mm -hmm. Um, my stepmom owned a cheerleading gym and I basically did whatever my sister did. Um, and so we both left gymnastics. Scarlett decided to do, Scarlett is my sister. Scarlett decided to do, um, cheerleading. Mm -hmm. And then I followed her into that. And then one day she said, uh, stop she, doing what I'm doing. Yeah. She said, well, you won't get your own life. She, yeah. She, she actually, I wish she had said, I don't wish that, but like she, mm-hmm. I wish she had, uh, not dragged me to my first ballet class cause I was terrified. Um, she started taking theater in high school mm-hmm. and said, Hey, you have ADD. I bet you could do this. Um, and the rest is kind of history from there. I, I, I was in ballet first. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where I started. And then I found gymnastics when I was like, I, I was a member of this group called the Young Canadians. Yes. And we had to do gymnastics every Saturday night. But we, most of us were like 15, 16 and had never done it before. Yeah. And so it was more about like just getting us all to get out of our own heads about it. Yes. we would all be like, you want us to... You're just old. What? Yeah. The thing, you're just old enough at that point to realize that like destroying yourself isn't necessarily... Oh, uh, and we did. <laughs> like, we all broke ourselves. Yeah. I, I, I had, like, a, I have a lifelong knee injury from... Oh, yeah. Well, that's why days, all, yeah. that's why all, like, Olympic gymnasts are about two foot seven. Because it's... Stone Piles is the shortest, like... It, oh, yeah. It's amazing. Yes, they come... They are all a part of the Lollipop Guild. Oh, yeah. But I'm pretty sure our thighs, her and I, are the same width. Like, it's... it's yeah. It's nuts. Yeah. But I can't do what she can do, so... Yeah. Right, exactly. She could also lift a car above her head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was watching um, uh, Brie Larson. Uh-huh. Is, uh, she posts this video her, of her training for Captain Marvel yes. of her pushing a jeep up a hill. Yeah, and I was like, I just it hurts. Isn't that funny? Like, yeah. what it, what is that as a um, <laughs> what as a medium of working out? Yeah, like I saw that on the Bachelor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, oh, they were pulling the limo. Yeah, a big fan of the Bachelor, the, and they had to do this uh, this series of exercises because apparently Colton yeah. is he was a NFL player, but that's mm-hmm. what you do now to work out to show strength is you have to tie a chain around your waist and pull a car. Yeah. Um, and I, I just never understood it as a concept. Well, and the, they had to push the wedding cake that was like 250 pounds, yeah. <laughs> but you could tell like the, the girls who did it first were just sliding it across the gravel, yes. but the first girls had messed up the gravel so much that yeah. the girls behind them just couldn't move it. You're saying that maybe the production <laughs> crew of the bachelor didn't quite know how to throw a fitness competition. <laughs> yes, that is exactly mm-hmm. what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I, I, oh man, this season of Bachelor something else. It's wild. It's, it's crazy. I, and it always is. And the thing that, uh, and people always say like, I, I can't believe, how do you watch this show? Mm-hmm. Like, how do you watch The Bachelor? And what I usually tell them is that, uh, The Bachelor is visual McDonald's. 
Like, yeah, I know it's garbage, but it is delicious. Yeah. It is delicious TV garbage. Uh, yeah. And my favorite part about it is that uh, the people come on the show, and it's like they almost immediately, like, they must MIB, like, blanks, blank flash them mm-hmm. um, when they get there, because they forget completely that they're going to be on a show with 30 <laughs> other women. Yeah. And they're, it's like the first episode, they're like, I just didn't know it would be like this. Well, and it, it's, the first few seasons, I would forgive them for that. But it's at the point now where the show, no one who goes on the show hasn't seen the show. <laughs> right, right. Like, it, they're, t- they're between the three shows, they're like 42 seasons in or something yeah. like that. There's no way at this point you don't understand the concept. No. And they're like, oh, I just can't believe someone's going home tonight. And I'm like, how can you not believe that? How can that? you not believe that? You walked into the cocktail party knowing exactly <laughs> two people were going home. Like, it's like Tom Brady being like, I didn't know they were going to actually try and sack me out there. Yeah. It's not like they're going to get to hometowns and like, oh man, all third of you stayed. So I guess we're doing 30 hometowns <laughs> in two hours. Like, it just becomes the new season of Sister Wives. <laughs> it just carries over. He's just like, you know what? This feels like a good group. I'll take them all. Does it though? <laughs> yeah. Would that be a good group? I don't know. Well, I mean, it would be good TV. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, that's, I don't know. I'm not like really worried about like the strength of their relationships. Like. I am. Yeah. Oh, I really. I, I want when they I'm get sorry. engaged at the end of the year. Well, I'll look. I'm sorry, at the end of the ten weeks they've spent together. Yeah, exactly. We'll I'll look out for your uh, ten cents a day commercial <laughs> for the girls from The Bachelor. Right. <laughs> In the eyes yeah. of a hot dude. Someone. <laughs> <laughs> um, have you ever thought about applying for The Bachelorette? Oh man, I have. I had totally thought about it in a way that like. I need someone who knows. Mm-hmm. Like, I, but this is like a conversation that I've had with a couple of friends. Is that mm-hmm. like I know a couple of eligible, eligible, mm-hmm. eligible <laughs> young um, bachelors and bachelorettes that like, want, like I just need to understand the inner workings. Mm-hmm. Like, because I think um, reality TV producers are maybe like the actual devil incarnate. Like, they have yeah. to be the worst people alive, or or they're just the best editors. Great editing, but they also, like, you know, you hear these stories of, like, they didn't feed us for three days and all they gave us was absolute citron vodka and, (laughs) like, and then they, like, put them in these situations where it's four in the morning and they're like, hey, um, we heard that Demi might have said that, um, your nose looks stupid. And Demi, Demi, she's been treated like the crazy one, but the truth, the thing I've realized about her is that all of her talking head moments, they just get her so wasted and she's just drunk, like... Because she's just so visually drunk, but she's never that drunk in all of the other scenes. So it's like two hours later. Yeah. It has to be. But also, here's the thing for me, is it's exactly what we just talked about. Like, Demi realizes she's on a game show, Mm -hmm. and she's playing a game. And like... And she loses because of it, though. Right. Sorry, spoilers for The Bachelor. Oh, yeah, spoiler alert. This will will come out next Wednesday. Yeah. So it'll be like three weeks old. And if you haven't watched at that point... You don't care. You know know nothing, Jon Snow. Um, Um, Yeah, it's... She's like... This is the the new Corinne. Um, <laughs> yes, but more together, I think Corinne. Oh. Yeah, I mean they did a they did a really um, they really tried hard to make Demi like the bad well, one. I think they were worried that she was going to go far though. But would that have been bad? I don't know. Like the thing is, all, all for Demi. The, for, yeah, it would have because there, there's a point. Like we're at we're in the second half of the show now. This right. is so much better. It's talk. getting serious. Um, <laughs> there's but like they, they you can't keep having it be the girls 
fighting amongst each other all sure. the time. Yeah, yeah. Like it, there's always like there's calling halfway through the season. Yeah. yeah. Where like we have to like no, this has to be about like whether the dad likes him. Yes. We can't oh, sure. keep having this be yeah. about like we have to get back to like I used to be a conjoined twin who was separated <laughs> who like we've actually switched halfway through the show. And yeah, but it's like the the producer evil. But there's the there was a moment this season where I was like a producer walked up to both of the um, Miss Americas and yes. was like, "You guys are either figuring this out or you're going home <laughs> because we can't do." Yeah. It was fun for three weeks, but we thought one of you would go right. home by now because of it, and you right. didn't. So you guys need to co- squash this beef. Yeah, is this because Colton is so boring? Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. And now it's th- not that he's boring. Colton's. Just, Unlike past Bachelors, Colton is just a nice guy. Yeah. Like, he's a super sweet dude, and he's the first Bachelor I've watched in a while who, like, actually cares about how this is going and isn't just enjoying it. You think Juan Pablo cared? (laughs) I haven't actually watched all of his seasons. Oh, Juan Pablo was... uh, I couldn't. I just couldn't get through it. He is television gold. (laughs) He was television gold. Um, The first season I watched was Ben. Ben Higgins, I loved. He was great. I think I think Ben Higgins is universally uh, it, it was a, accepted it was, as yeah. a good bachelor. It was fun. The girls were crazy, and then and then he pulled the double "I love you." Yeah, the double "I love you." What I, a move! It blew my mind. I, I I couldn't I couldn't love it more. I my favorite thing about that. Um, I like that we're just doing a bachelor podcast now, but um, <laughs> I should start one. This is great. <laughs> my favorite part about that whole season is that moment where. Uh, Jojo comes in mm-hmm. and Chris is like, how was the date? <laughs> and she's like, it was actually amazing. Um, ben told me he loved me. And like, he had already told the other girl, <laughs> I can't remember her name right now, but he had already told the other girl. Yeah, yeah. And that look that Chris has on his face of like, what do I do? <laughs> like, you can see him like simultaneously be like, this is the best episode of television I've ever been a part of. But also like, I, I think he genuinely cares, which I like about him. Like he knows, I can't tell. He knows the circus of it all. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. At least like the, the for the fifty years that the season has been that the show's been on. Like yeah, yeah. I think he is now at a point like you girls just have to know that <laughs> like you know, especially when they're that deep into it. Like they've been going through it. Like yeah. this is the actual survivor. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They've played with their emotions for months, and now they're finally to this place that like this girl thinks that this man loves him. And she's the only one. I get it, though. Like, I feel like you can fall in love in three months. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And if you're... Uh, the, the thing about the show that, like, I think people don't give it enough credit for on the love side of it is they're like, you can't fall in love that quickly. And I'm like, look, if you put these women and the only man they spend time with for three straight months is mm-hmm. one guy... Mm-hmm. I think you can't. They don't have phones. They don't have the internet. Like, they have nothing to do but think about it because they have no idea what's going on in the outside yeah. world. Sounds he's, amazing. He's the only person that is safe for them yeah. in that oh, yeah, moment. Yeah. It's kind of fucked. It's kind of fucked up. Can I oh, yeah. this? Oh, yeah. Sure. Okay. I don't care. Um, Wait, I do not have a sponsor. Yeah, you know, so, it's like, all good. We're okay. <laughs> um, um, the other, but, like, it's also, like, they... Part of me wants to be on the next season of The Bachelorette just to not have to be around for midterms. <laughs> or for, for like the primaries right because they'd be filming through most of the democratic primary yes and that just sounds awesome to just yeah. not well, have a to, phone for those three months and to see what the new digs are right because mm-hmm. the bachelor house burned down in what? thousand oaks fire oh i didn't know that yeah i don't know if they're gonna rebuild it but yeah the mansion burned down oh. so no they'll, they'll build something they'll go new yeah you don't think that they're like just? It's like the it's like the um, be like, it's like the bat cave. Yeah. It's like the bat cave. So, yeah. They're just going to discover under something underneath it that's going to blow the whole thing up. Um, <laughs> They've been secretly hiding like yeah. SEAL Team Six under yeah. the bachelor house for years. 
<laughs> the other reason I, I kind of have always thought about going on the bachelorette because I want to walk up to the bachelorette and be like, hi, you and I are not going to fall in love. Yeah. But just keep me around so I can fuck with the guys and I'll tell you, I'll like give you all the deets. Oh yeah. I just want to be your in man. On That's the, the next thing. It would be so fun like, to just there's... like try and get men to fight. Oh yeah. Yeah. All oiled up and angry. Right. <laughs> mm, wait a minute. But then the twist would be <laughs> that I would actually fall in love with her and I'd be like, how did this happen? It's that classic episode yeah. of uh, Family Guy. Where Brian goes on The Bachelorette and ends mm-hmm. up falling in love. No, this was supposed to be a joke. Damn it. Damn it, shit. Yeah. I oh. Love, I, I, I very much love <laughs> Thank, Thank you. Of course. Thank, thank you for taking me down that road. No, no, no. Because please, there's please, been please. so much to decompress about. At the end of the season, I, you should come back and we should just do a... We'll get you and Aaron <laughs> Albert in here and we'll talk The <laughs> oh Bachelor. Oh yes. No one loves that show. That's, the, that's how I started watching The Bachelor. Mm-hmm. Um, it was in college and I got a phone call from my best friend Aaron Albert... Um, check out his musical. Um, My name is Annie King. Yes, it's brilliant. It's so uh, good. He and Katie Ray and Krista Piope are all genius people. Um, just going to pick up all those names you just dropped over Well, there. we all went to school with them, and but none of us. are also not famous. Yeah, and like, all of us are nobody, but like, <laughs> but that's why we plug. Um, all somebody to somebody. Yes, exactly. Oh, put that on all my card. <laughs> um, yeah, he called me one day and was like, bro, do you watch The Bachelor? And I said, no. (laughs) (laughs) And he said, "Uh, you're coming over tonight and you're watching The Bachelor. And it's been pure bliss ever Mm -hmm. since then. I think that was five years ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I'm almost sad that my concert tonight is during it because I, well, that's my girlfriend and I watch together. Yeah. It's like, babe, like we'll have to watch it tomorrow. I'm sorry. God, I'm so sorry. It's also true that I think I know more guys that are invested than girls at this point. It's, no, did, it's equal for me. How did The Bachelor do it? Because, because it became... It, the first few seasons from what I've watched of them... Because yeah. I've been trying to watch a little bit of everything. Because I'm trying to... For off the podcast. Yes. Um, uh, and the the first few seasons were very much about, like, we're going to help these people find love. Yeah. And then at some point, the editors started to realize that they could have fun with it. Yes. And the editing took a turn into, like, hey, we can manipulate everything that happens into a storyline yes and from that point on it became like soap operas but tragic and like (laughs) i i think that there's just like that like schadenfreude yes oh there's so much of that but also for guys there is like there is a fantasy involved of like oh man i would love for the most beautiful women to be in love with me like that there's it's a fun well and there's also that sick side of it that's like it's not it's not just to fall in love with me but to like fight over me yeah yeah, yeah. you know what i mean oh yeah there's 30 gorgeous one like for the most part like or at least for the some part like some great human beings that like are truly like maybe a little misguided that they're coming on this show or they're there for alternative reasons but end up getting sucked in like like when you go on with your twin to date the same person hmm. (laughs) yeah so i just it there's there's got to be something that to me is is like the is the interesting thing um, for the bachelor himself or the bachelorette herself, you know, but that's that, such a different show though. And I, I think that's what yeah. I find so impressive is they're very there. It's the same thing, but they're such different shows. They are very Because the bachelorette shows. bringing all those guys. The energy is so different. Yes. And watching grown men cry about like a date card is oh, my favorite oh, thing. It's so good. I, I, yeah. And I'm not saying that if I was in that situation, I wouldn't react that way. Like I have no idea. Drunk every night for three months. Oh yeah. 
you can't contact your mom. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, there's yeah. there's no touch zones with real life. No. And you're just in that constant competition mode, especially with guys, because we're fucking mm-hmm. monkeys. Like, Oh, everything's, yeah, it's, everything's yeah. about time and... Yeah. The, the one thing I hate about the show is, like, I didn't get enough time. And it's like, oh my god. Sorry. Take a shot every time they say connection. No, no, don't. Yeah. You'll die. <laughs> yeah, bachelor drinking games could kill people. Oh, they're really good. They, you have the, to be very careful about the it. The show's almost become a parody of itself a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why they have a fantasy league now. Yeah, but it, but like also just like the contestants know what words to use. Mm-hmm. Like, can I steal them for a moment? Has become. Yes. They make a yeah. joke about it where they're like, they have the kids yes. on that roller coaster date. Be like, can I steal them for a second? Like that oh, end yeah. card is like, this yeah, is funny. Yeah, yeah. But hashtag, like, you're also like. Yeah, hashtag can I steal them for a moment. Could you imagine doing that in real life? No. Can you imagine walking up to, like, two people talking in a bar and be like, um, can I steal him for a moment? <laughs> yeah. And just, I mean, I've done that. And But also... But, <laughs> no. no, but, like, I've like I've said those words in life where I've been like, hey, can I, like... Yeah, but, like, I, uh, but I mean in an intentional, like, I want to flirt with the same person you're flirting with. No, no, For no, a no, short no, amount yeah, of time. Yeah. yeah. For a short but, amount and, of like, time. And, like, and just, like, slightly over there. <laughs> <laughs> like, not far away. Like, you're within eyesight. Well, and... It, yeah. Oh man. It's it, there's People so much to talk about the show. It's so weird. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, in real life like there would be a fight. It's in a New York City bar and I would be watching with popcorn the same way that I watch a bachelor. It's the same thing. Yeah. That's what it is. I feel like that's how the show started. Someone must have saw, seen this in a bar and been like There's an idea. Chris Harrison there. was like Yeah, exactly. What if I bring men who look like me on TV? This is <laughs> This is like JK Rowling writing Harry Potter on a bar mm-hmm. napkin. He just like was like destitute on the on his last leg and saw this couple get in a fight and was like, "There it is, this is my <laughs> this is my shot." He's got the best job. Oh. He makes so oh. much money, oh, and he's not he, he's in less and less every season. Yeah, I know because I think he knows how to use himself well in the show now. He's like, "Oh, this is the moment I need to come in." Here's my theory, or the ultimate way to end it, because Chris Harrison is no longer married. Yeah, but he is dating someone. Correct, but have him be the bachelor last season. Why, but why would they end it? It's the it's only true. television show that still gets complaints. All, all, all good things must end, right? Uh, yeah. We can't, you know, like, we're on season 11 of RuPaul's Drag Race, which is the greatest TV show of our, of the past decade, probably. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? In terms of importance and, uh... For, certainly for, like, uh, diversity and culture importance. Yes, absolutely. Although no one likes that last finale, so... Oh, God. That, it hurt my feelings. It hurt I my don't feelings. watch. It hurt my feelings, really. It's, the, it's a show I just, I've never gotten into. That's another show that uh, my freshman year of college, mm-hmm. my mom called me and said, uh, and I, I grew up in New Orleans, was born and raised in New Orleans. Um, my stepmom used to take my sister and I to Drag Queen Bingo like every weekend when we grew up. I started doing really? theater at a really young age mm-hmm. and was around drag culture for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, I My buddy Kevin, um, that we, I did the Music Man with at the Rivertown Repertory Theater. Um, plug. Yeah. <laughs> go go see them. They're great. For a show you can't see anymore because <laughs> yeah, it's closed. Yeah, but still go to that theater <clears throat> and support local mm-hmm. local art, right? Because um, it makes kids grow up and like want to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, but there would be people like, got a show at the Oz tonight. You know what I mean? And like uh, I grew up around it and then come college my freshman year – um, my mom called me and was said, I, I just found the best show on television. And I was like, okay, go on. And she said, it's called RuPaul's Drag Race <laughs> and it's, it's new. And I said, enough said. Yeah. And I started watching season one and, 
I've never looked back. See, I wish I'd started with it then, because yeah. I the first episode I saw was the finale of Ginger Minge's season, which is, I think, five? Yes, yeah. It was Ginger Minge and, uh, oh god, who won her season? That wasn't uh, Violet Tchotchke's season, was it? No, that was... I have no idea. Okay. I'll... All I remember, I was in Tally Ho, yes. which is the gay bar <laughs> next to the Fulton Theater in Pennsylvania. Correct. With the cast of The Wizard of Oz. Gay bar names are the best. And I think it was... We were there because it was the when um, the gay marriage got mm-hmm. passed. Yes, uh, in the United yes. States. Yes. I don't think it was that night, but it was around that time. Sure. Um, and so we went to Tally Ho, and we watched RuPaul's Drag Race, and it was the first episode I'd ever seen, and so I was so lost. Yes. I had no idea what was going oh, on. Oh, sure, it's kind of a deep pool to be thrown into. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because and like. The history behind it, and if you're not caught up, like, they, the show is so, makes so many references to itself. Yeah. That, like, even in this past <coughs> All-Star well, season, all-stars, like, yeah. it's all jokes and people from, like, season one that if you don't know yeah. who these people are, then you have, you know, you're going to be a bit lost. I just feel like I would have to, like, spend a summer <laughs> catching up if oh, I yeah. wanted to get into it, and oh, I yes. don't have... Yeah. The the interest nor the time. I just broke your pen. Sorry. <laughs> oh, No. I apologize. No, it's fine. I don't care. <laughs> I have just black pens everywhere. Yes. Because my restaurant job, it's As like, you, oh, oh right, it's yeah. just... Yeah. Um, I'm, I, I'm, get a, I'm a fidgeter. Yeah. I have like... Uh, I do Rubik's Cubes. Yeah. Do you need um, a fidget spinner to play with? Yeah. This whole if, podcast is just... Just tell me, yeah. If you have a rattle or just like a set of dangly keys that I can play with. <laughs> so um, you're a cat, is what you're saying. Yeah, essentially I'm a human you're a human I'm cat. a human kitty cat. <laughs> Um, so you, uh, what was your impetus to go to Pace then for musical theater? You had this background in all of the arts. What, what, what about musical theater drew you in? Um, I, well, it was the, it was the, uh, how do I not sound like a douchebag saying that? Whatever. I'm going to say this. Okay. It's the first thing I was ever bad at. Um, that's, I know I get that. Yeah. I get that hundred percent. Um, and I've always been super competitive. I grew up doing sports. Mm-hmm. Um, as a kid, things came kind of easily to me. Um, well, you started doing acrobatics at three, so you're in decent shape. Sure, yeah. And both my parents were athletes, yeah. yada, yada. Um, and I've always really enjoyed puzzles and mm-hmm. things like that. Um, and going to a, going to theater class for the first time and um, Having something that comes from inside of you in an art kind mm-hmm. of way, an artistic kind of way, and then having something as physical as dance um, was super exciting, and it was a really amazing channel of my energy, but then coordination has to play a part. Mm-hmm. And the coordination that it takes to do ballet, to do jazz, to like um, perform a tap number mm-hmm. and understand like the minutia of your musculature... Sure. Um, Those are all words. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Oh, I was so bad at it, and Mm -hmm. that made me, like, crazy passionate about it. Um, And so the first time, I remember the first time I did, my first show ever was The Music Man, um, and I had to do a double pirouette, Mm -hmm. and uh, I had a buddy, like, like, would take me out into the parking lot 
this was a very small studio that mm-hmm. we were rehearsing in and like on breaks I'd be like hey help me figure out how to do this thing and I remember the first time it was the opening night of the show 76 trombones I like did the double pirouette and landed it and was like oh yeah I did that thing I worked really hard and I did a thing and then like completely was off for the rest like I remember <laughs> like I like hit it and like held it for just too long and then was off for the rest of the number yeah um but that kind of sparked it was it's kind of sparked a fire of like I'm in competition with myself mm-hmm. and at the height of this like I can be expressing my uh, you know as you get older and you really dive into like why do I do this yeah. you know um, that true expression of self and everybody has a unique story to tell mm-hmm. and I can do that as a part of my sport mm-hmm. uh, really hooked me in um, so that by the time I went to high school. Um, I had a theater teacher who really believed in me mm-hmm. and told me I could do this because um, it was a hobby for a long time. I yeah. really loved it. I planned on going to school for marketing. Um, I thought I was going to because it, I was like a, a, a pretty good cheerleader too. Like I, and I, Try and get a scholarship for that? Yeah. I, I figured I would get a scholarship for that and then study marketing. Yeah. Um, and then in high school was the first time that like – Someone grabbed me by the shoulders and was like, you have a talent for this. You can do this. Trust yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was working with – and forgive me if I – if I, I'm just going to give you the story. Do it. Do it. Do it. That's um, what I'm interested in. Yeah. Um, after Hurricane Katrina in 05, mm-hmm. I, my family was displaced by the storm. Oh, wow. Um, so we went from New Orleans um, and then we went to Houston, Texas where I had family and friends would. Mm-hmm. Um, and we stayed in the W hotel in the Galleria mall in Houston for two weeks, something like that. Um, and my mom went on a message board called collegeconfidential.com and said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And said, I have two kids that are in theater. My, my daughter is a senior. My son is a freshman. Where do we go? Mm -hmm. Um, and this woman named Mariana Austin Denard, um, Mm -hmm. who, uh, prefers to go by Moo. Um, messaged my mom <laughs> and said, hey, uh, I specialize in getting high school seniors into theater programs. Um, this is a program that um, John Michael and... Tons of people from yeah, Texas. Yeah, yeah, John yeah. Michael Lyles. Brandon uh, Com. Brandon Com. Stephen Langton and I met there. Oh, cool, cool, cool. Um, yeah, tons of people. Yeah, yeah. I was like, uh, Moo, that sounds... Yes, I'm, the Moo like, crew, yeah, yeah. That, as we're uh, affectionately referred. Um, so she... Message my mom, said, mm-hmm. come to Dallas. We ended up living with her. She became, like, my second mom. Oh, wow. She um, she got my sister into the neighborhood playhouse. Um, <clears throat> and then when it came time for my senior year to roll around, I didn't really have any interest in going to college. Mm-hmm. I wanted to, again, follow in my sister's footsteps and uh, just kind of move to the city, maybe go to an acting conservatory and mm-hmm. start. Moo kind of pushed for me to go west. Mm-hmm. Um but I didn't really have any interest in doing LA movie scene at the time. Yeah. Um, and so she said, all right, well you should at least have a school Mm -hmm. on your list of things. Um, and so she introduced me. So I was like, you know, the obvious like Carnegie Mellon, um, Michigan, I, 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 Michigan was the one that I was like, I don't know about Michigan. Really? I Um, had the same thing. Yeah. I met someone, I met a recruiter from Michigan Yeah, and, they were like, of course you'll audition for Michigan. And I was like, yeah. oh, I don't like that attitude. Yeah. And that's not to say, like, 
It's not to say anything. I was just, I was 18 and I was like, oh, I don't, yeah, it was just a weird experience with one person. Yes. And every Michigan student that I have met since then is like a brilliant, amazing artist and human being. Um, It just at the time didn't feel right. And that's what I think think is super important for Mm -hmm. kids to know um, that are coming out of high school and trying to go to college Mm -hmm. for theater. God bless you. um, Is uh, go for fit. Mm-hmm. Um, I met Amy uh, Rogers, who's the head of the program, who's the head of the musical theater program at Pace University. Mm-hmm. Um, she came down to Texas actually to audition Moose students. Oh, cool! Um, exclusively, um, and she was amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I ended up being between um, Carnegie Mellon and Pace, and uh, I had the opportunity to like go visit and. At the end of the day, Pace felt like home for mm-hmm. me. Um, and, you know, Amy, I think, is, like, one of the best recruiters in the musical theater game. Oh, yeah. um, in terms of, like, what she's... The people that she's gotten to come to that school. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty amazing. She, at the time, Pace was kind of on its way up. Yeah. And she said, if you want to be a part of a program where you can help build what it's going to be... Um, then this is the space for you. Oh, and we did like our, yeah. we changed at school so much. Yeah. I mean, I, I got to, and even just like, I got to explore in ways that I never would have gotten to do at any other school. Yeah. I did a, like 11 shows my freshman year mm-hmm. in the acting and the then non-exist dance department. And I got to do, you know, the main stage shows mm-hmm. and through my four years there, like, kind of watch you know i I learned so much about myself and Mm -hmm. what i wanted to do as a performer and signed within my agent my sophomore year that i met through my vocal coach at the time so like signed with an agent um and then got my first broadway show between my junior and senior year Mm -hmm. which you know so looking back it's like okay i went with my heart i went for the right fit and things just kind of fell into place for me yeah, and it paces. <clears throat> it's a weird program because it is you're you're in New York City, and there's it's there's a lot of pressure on that. Yeah. Yes, um, like I remember like doing these weird off 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 Broadway shows just because I was like, oh, I have to compete and like be in the city doing something, right? Um, which ended up being good and like pushed me to do a lot of stuff. But like it's a it's a tough. It is a, it, there's a lot of tough stuff it's, around being here when you're 18 and like seeing the wild. industry. That we but have. also the advantage that I find is. You get to figure it out. Like, that's mm-hmm. what college is for. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And to have that freshman year be all about, like, yes, this is wild and big and scary, and I have to figure out the trains, let alone, like, my yeah. my personage. Um, I think that coming out of pace after four years, already being, like, a New Yorker, mm-hmm. is a huge advantage advantage over, you know, the other folks that are coming in that, like have studied at amazing schools mm-hmm. and are really fantastic artists, but now also have to deal with just the mental game of New York City itself. Yeah, they get to do that separately, though. They get to separate those two things into... Whereas I feel like for for Pace and NYU and mm-hmm. Marymount Kids and AMDA Kids, like, you have to figure out how to be a New Yorker while you're also trying to, like, get good grades. Sure. And, like, well. I, I, <laughs> for the people who succeed at that, though, I think it's really beneficial because... Yeah. You'll never work harder yeah. than trying to, like, go to an EPA and make it back for your class in time right. as a non-union, like, 19-year-old. Right. Um, I think it pushes 
I, I think it's a good push. Yeah. But it is hard. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's it's certainly not an easy thing to get through. Yeah, I think I just remember, like, those first, you know, that those first six months mm-hmm. after you graduate college when the universe kind of opens itself to you and you're like, oh, shit, I really just spent $150,000 on a theater degree. Yep. And, like, this is what I chose to do forever. Um, you were on Broadway for those six months, though, weren't you? Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. I um, I because you were in um, I had a, a really lucky situation. Yeah, yeah, I was in Spider Man at the time. At the time, yeah. and uh, I did Spider Man until 2014, January yeah. of 2014. Um, so I left school with an agent and a show, which yeah. is like you know rare and amazing. But also, then as soon as that show closed, had to go through the same thing I would have anyway. Of, oh, totally. Like, yeah. Oh, right. Okay, so that's like the best kind of situation is that mm-hmm. but the reality yeah. is like i have two shifts and i don't know how i'm gonna make rent this yeah. month and i've just eaten rice for the fifth time in a row you know what well, I mean? it, it, it's crazy to go from like you're in arguably the most talked about show and we'll talk about it mm-hmm. certainly that's why oh, we're here oh, but uh there, there's uh you you went from being in the most talked about show on broadway at the yeah. time yeah to being sort of spider-man's great but like it's not like it made you there was no acrobatic show at the time for you to like be moved into you know what i mean like it didn't open doors in what broadway became like this comedy tap thing right after spider-man closed yeah and it's i can imagine it would have been difficult to be like oh i have to go be a waiter now after being in like the glitz and yeah and you know i jumped i think it's i think it was for me um because, like, the first three jobs I did were mm-hmm. all pretty big. Like, I did Spider-Man, and then I jumped pretty much immediately into Heart and Lights at Radio City, which was the spring show that never was. Yeah. Um, so I went from that. Then I went into this... I had forgotten about that. This, yeah, monster, to, yeah. of, this monster of a show um, that, you know, had all of the budget. Like, it was almost mm-hmm. the same story over again, right? That had all of this crazy budget. Um and all of these crazy problems because they just some, yeah cut it off before it correct know, could yeah correct um thank you to yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, it, isn't that interesting there is a part of this where it's like you re- there are some stories that like really want to be told but you're like oh I can't tell that until they're right. dead or I'm yeah. dying yeah like, exactly there's now like somebody else write the book on that um, and I'll be an anonymous source totally uh, um, but that's the first job that I was like fired from i mean like that closed before it even opened that i had to sit uh in the theater and get an email that's like don't sign in today we need to talk to everybody you know what i mean that's nuts um i mean closing notice notice for spider-man was also pretty shocking uh really yeah we got it um not that it happened Mm -hmm. the way that it happened what happened um it was the eve of my um I guess my 24th birthday, 23rd birthday, because mm-hmm. um, it would have been 2013. Um, oh, no. So yeah, it was 2013, because um, the show closed in 2014. Yeah, January. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, you see usually your friends, you'll, like, get a text message at midnight that's like, happy B-Day. And it was 11.59, and I got a text message from my roommate that was just a link. And I was like, oh, this will be a fun... Um, Jib jab. Like, yeah, I thought yeah, it was yeah. going to be like, uh, and I clicked on it, and it was Variety Magazine. Spider Man Turn Off the Dark to Close January 4th. 
Oh, you didn't even get it from the company? Correct. It oh, leaked, no. It leaked by Variety before we could have our meeting about it. Um, that's the kind of thing where, like, I appreciate entertainment journalism, and I get it. But yeah. there's a part of me that's like, there's some things where you just reach out and go, hey, did the people involved know? Yeah. We have this story, and we could yeah. run with it. But, like, do the kids working on the show know right. that we're going to, like, ruin their day? Do, do 200 people know that they're out of work? Yeah. You know? like, and, and, and I I get it, but there's a part... Of course. Sometimes if you I'm don't like, release don't. it, for, if you're not first, you're last. Right? Yeah. In in that business. So and they can't, yeah. You can't hate them, but yeah. what we can be upset about, or what I can only personally be upset about, mm-hmm. is that it wasn't handled a little more carefully. But even then, you can't really be mad at the company, because it's not, it, they didn't release a press release. It was like, right. yeah. That's, there's some, there's that's somebody that did something a little prematurely, you know? Yeah. Well, okay. So that's the sad part of Spider-Man. Yes. Let's go back. So you're a junior? Yes. This was, Pace, uh, and you started auditioning? Yeah. In between my junior and senior year. But yeah. So I And the had, show had already opened at this point. Correct. Yeah. I joined in for what is affectionately referred 2.0. to as 2.0. Um, um, had, did you see 1.0? I have seen 1.0, yeah. 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 I've seen, we, uh, during a, um, a poster signing party. Um, oh, you saw a video of it? I watched it, yeah. I didn't get to see it on Broadway, but oh. I did see, like, an actual... The like, archival or whatever, yes. yeah. Yeah. Um, I saw it. Yeah. Like, I think I saw the third preview. Yeah. I saw the first preview where nothing went wrong. Right. Because I saw, I saw the show six times. Yeah. And I never saw a mistake. Yeah. I was like... That's amazing. By the sixth time, I was like, "Come on!" Like, yeah, yeah. It's it, we we became NASCAR. There's a point where it's like, how how have I seen the show so many times and it's gone right every time? This yeah. seems impossible. If only we had had you, yeah, more. <laughs> yeah, I should have come to every show. Yeah, it would exactly. Have been. Um, but so were you a Spider-Man fan growing up? Totally. Yeah. It was Batman and Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah. The two I, uh, the two big ones. Of course. Yeah, I loved Batman. I loved Spider-Man. Um, I always had like an affinity for the Green Lantern. Mm-hmm. Um. But, you know, I think he's one of those that, like, their stories kind of become contrived in many Ooh, ways. Yeah. There's, like, there's a lot of, uh, and then that's there's... convenient, um, sort of. Now situation. the ring can do this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Who, who's your Green Lantern? Um, I, uh, I love uh, Jordan. Hal, Hal Jordan. Jordan. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hal Jordan was my favorite. Because um, I think I got into uh, Green Lantern when they were showing the, um, the Justice League cartoon on the mm-hmm. WB. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that yeah. was a Hal, that was yeah. a Hal Jordan. No, that was John Stewart. That was John Stewart. Um, Hal Jordan was uh, evil for our childhood. Oh yeah, yeah yes, he'd correct. Be, he'd be come parallax and like he was a good dead. Correct. My guy's Aquaman. I don't know if you yes. noticed by the. Oh, you're a rare, you're a rare Aquaman fan. He's my guy. I, I love him so much that I, I grew up with the Peter David run in the '90s. Yes. and I just he's my he's my favorite superhero. I have m- probably too much Aquaman stuff in my bedroom. Hey, well, um, I mean, but like it, I, I love that. Um, you're part of his fan base. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. He was the one that Hardcore. I, uh, I think I, I just learned. Um, I, I like followed the crowd. Mm-hmm. He, he became like the Nickelback of superheroes. He did. You know what he, I mean? He truly did. Which is funny. I'm from, uh, I'm from the same hometown as Nickelback. Really? And so there was a point. I remember the point in time when they first got big. Yeah. And it was like the hometown boys. Yeah. Are the biggest thing in the world. Yeah. And like. For for us back home, it, we, it was like city pride, like yeah. crazy, and then the entire world turned on them, and we were like, "But no, like, why did are, we do this? No, 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 they're so good. Why guys. did we do yeah. this? Why do like what, <clears throat> there are so many people that I'm like, tell me you didn't listen to Hero and oh, yeah, love yeah. that shit. Oh, tell yeah. me you didn't. 
And like I, I loved it. I don't understand. Like I, I it's, also it's a weird thing. It's a weird. And like I get like they, they sound a lot like Soundgarden, and there's a lot of like whatever. But sure, a lot of people sound like a lot of people. But um, Nick, when Nickelback was one of the first CDs I owned. Yeah, it was Millennium by Backstreet Boys, and then the Nickelback CD that yeah. had um, <laughs> uh, photograph I, on it. I played Millennium out. Oh, it's crazy. I played Millennium. It's so good. Out. Um, yeah, it's the same thing that they're doing, and I don't know Imagine Dragons, but it's mm-hmm. like the same thing. Like they're everyone's saying, like they're passing this baton to Imagine Dragons. That like, I don't know though. Imagine Dragons, they write the best trailer music. Right. That that Mission Impossible song. Oh hell yeah! Uh, I, the friction. <laughs> I was like, "This is so hell good. yeah, man!" Uh, so, uh, I don't know. I think like we get so full of ourselves and we start to. I, you know what? Maybe that's it. I think it might be when you start having too many songs for movies. People yes. are like, "Oh, you're not a musician anymore." You're sold out because you're on the trailer. Yeah, because I just remember like Chad Kroger like singing to Spider Man on a oh, rooftop. Yeah, yeah. Hero. Um, uh, it's Hero so was, good. Hero was a crazy song. It's I so loved good. it. Yeah, and then we they're just also decided, like the eleventh like, best-selling band of all time, so they don't care because they're like, yeah, we have of course. so much. Money. I guess I'm just like, but uh, yeah, uh, yeah. But it kind of goes back to Spider-Man, where it's like, you know, you're the it's this Broadway show that people <laughs> love to hate. I think totally, it was the black sheep because uh, Ben Brantley was still God at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, I remember Ben Brantley would come out with a new review of Spider- It felt like he would come out with a new review, like, every every six months, just to, again, be like, and just so you know, Spider-Man still sucks. <laughs> like, I still fucking hate it's this show better. so much. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, by the time that I had joined, uh, it was, like, full swing. Mm-hmm. And um, so you got cast, and you... Did you go in knowing that you were auditioning to be a Spider-Man? I, <laughs> I auditioned three times for the show. Mm-hmm. The first time I went in, um, I felt like I did a really good job, and yeah, as we always do, yeah, and uh, it went great, it went great. They're definitely going to cast me. Yeah, totally. And uh, you know, I was told I was a bit too apple pie, and like the the feed the feedback was he's a and that's fair. Like I look, you know, I was twenty one. I yeah. was very green. Like I, yeah, but you're also like I feel like I'm apple pie because I've got like blonde. Like you're like dark features. Totally. Like, but at the time, like you know, I had my face shaved clean and I wore oh, like yeah, my true. best, you know, jazz. My, I wore block dance sneakers. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. They I were they were yeah. a bit like he needs to rough up his image a bit. I think I forget that you were ever that clean clip. Yeah, Co- yeah, clock, totally clock, clean clock, clock. Uh, King Kong. Um, I so I went to um, the I new went, Spider-Man turn off the dark. Totally. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I went to St. Mark's place mm-hmm. and I bought a Green Day T-shirt. <laughs> and <laughs> and I'm so uh, edgy now. Yeah, and I got and I so they had like thrown out like they were like he's just like a little too clean cut. He's mm-hmm. to, like change up his look a little bit. Come in wearing something darker, get his ear pierced, have a tattoo, like, da-da-da. Like, obviously not meaning for me to do that. Yeah. And I went, okay. So I went to St. Mark's Place, and I got, got a Green Day t-shirt, and I got, like, the dinkiest little hoop in my left ear, and was like, now I'm edgy. Now I'm ready. And, like, went in, and of course I didn't book <laughs> <laughs> And uh and then it was kind of a happenstance that I was at um, Ripley Greer. I was auditioning for another show. I was in a final callback for another show and walked out of the door and saw that they were having a call for Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And I called my agent and I was like, hey, um, 
Spider-Man is here auditioning at Ripley Greer and I'm not there and I don't like, yeah. is it because they don't want to see me? Like what's going on there? Should I go? And my agent was like, well, I think that they're just looking for girls right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, if you see guys there, like go ahead, go, might as well. It, does, it wouldn't hurt you to be seen again mm-hmm. was their message. So I was like, hell yeah, I'm going to go in. And, uh, and that happened to be the one. Was that a dance call or a singer call? It was a dance call. Um, I went in again. I did the dance call. I did the same thing over again. All they taught three dances. I sang it. I sang my stuff. And, uh, and then, um, not to bring the mood down, but then like the next week, my Nana passed away. Um, and the next day I got the call. Oh, wow. Um, and so it was kind of this amazing, like, oh, God, we like a really good piece of news coming mm-hmm. right after a really bad piece of news. Yeah. Um, and that's how I got the show. I just, you know, third time's the charm. How much acro did you have to do in the audition process? Um, it was actually not not too much. The, really? the choreography was physical enough. Yeah. And then at the end of it was kind of like, hey, uh, all right. So if you guys do tricks... There's always that part of a dance call where they're like, you know, it becomes a, this isn't my, this isn't my quote, but someone calls it the thirsty room yeah, yeah, yeah. where everyone's like, all right, how bad do you want it? Yeah. Um, and then there's a guy like me who like does the worm. Yeah. To be yeah, funny, yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, to where, break the where tension. You're just, where you're just like, yeah. I got to do something, yeah. but I'm not going to do a triple backflip. So like, yeah. Um, it's not even that. It's that I'm like, I don't need to do a trick right now. Like, I'm done. Right. This room is making me uncomfortable, so I'm just yes. going to cut the tension apart yes. a little bit. 100%. Because that's my job as the funny guy in the... Yeah. 100%. Um, so, what was that rehearsal process like? I had 12 days. Wow. Um, before my first performance. That's insane. Um, and at the time... I I didn't have a flight in my track at the time, mm-hmm. um, but it was, you know, like I had never done anything that quickly before, yeah. and this is for a Broadway show. With arguably, like, it, the most Broadway show. Yeah. Like, it's just so, there's so much set and, like, yes. stuff There going is on. so much set and stuff yeah. going on, and it was the first time that, like, I started shadowing backstage. Mm-hmm. I, it was my first time shadowing, mm-hmm. and I was following this guy, and it was literally like a... Uh, have you ever seen The Rock? Yeah. Um, you know that sequence when Sean Connery was, like, timing out the yeah. uh, the boiler system? Um, and he comes through the door and is like, welcome to The Rock. Um, it's... Oh, God, I fucking love that movie. It's um, like a- that's what backstage was like at Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like, first I stand in the doorway here and I wait for 10 seconds and then this person goes by and then I go here. So then you're halfway to your wing. There's going to be a set piece that comes down and then you're going to move two more spaces and get in your wing and then you go on stage. So it was a a lot of backstage choreography to learn. Mm -hmm. Um, Which most people don't know. Like that oftentimes that's the hardest part because you don't get to rehearse it. Like you can work so hard in the room. 
And oh, even yeah. even with a, even with a new show, like you you take the show to tech, and it's like, oh hey, none of this works because it's sixty five feet around. We can't just pop around like we did in the rehearsal room. Right? No, that's yeah, not yeah. a thing. You yeah, don't yeah. just like it to be like, and this is my prop, and this is my prop. You're yeah, like, yeah. where's my prop? Where's yeah. the thing? And your prop has to be handed to you by a union member because you're not allowed to pick it up off the table. Because, right. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And like I, uh, the elevator union guy has to get the chair union guy to bring the chair up to the yeah. stage. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And um, I, I don't know how swings do it. Like I, I, oh, I can't. Imagine. I did a sw- I. Sw- swung um this most recent revival of miss saigon Mm -hmm. and when it comes down to like oh yeah it's that one prop piece that Mm -hmm. like you must have and all of a sudden you're like oh shit and it's like you know where's that lighter that chris has to have in this moment you know oh yeah um that's insanity so in spider-man like with this being my first show and me being just terrified and excited and all of those things that mm-hmm. happen, it was, it was pretty crazy. Yeah, I can't um, imagine. And so, yeah. And then, and then on top of all that, you have 12 days mm-hmm. and they did a fantastic job of yeah. teaching it to me. Um, you were great in the show. Thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, my first, my, my, um, Broadway debut, my dad and my stepmom and, um, my class mm-hmm. at pace came to see and, uh, I almost immediately fell on my ass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I came out. We had to do like a top rock to like start the start. There was a uh, that's that uh, that classic hit "Bullying by Numbers." Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the um, song that isn't on the soundtrack. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, and my favorite lyrics in the show are from that. Oh god, they're so good. My favorite. We, we could talk about favorite lyrics in the show. Um, I came out and my first dance step was like step on your heel and just found myself on my back looking up at the <laughs> ceiling. Like, how did I get here? Um, so that's how my Broadway career started. Just completely uh, it should. falling on my yeah. ass. Yeah, it was a great place to start. Um, two, two, um, two, what do I want to say? Debuts in mm-hmm. two Broadway shows. My first two Broadway shows, I fell uh, in both of them. The, the second was? <laughs> With Saigon. Saigon. Yeah. yeah. Um, on opening night of Miss Saigon, I, it during American Dream, um, finally had made it to the end of the show, mm-hmm. and uh, we all come on like in unison yeah. in these big blue suits, and we have these bell bottom pants, and my bell bottom like swished the wrong way, and my foot got caught in it, and I ended up doing like a dive roll and having to like catch back up with the choreography. Um, my mom tells me before every show, don't fall down, because I fall down so much. Did you ever fall down and escape to Margaritaville, or did you, like, I did. I did. Oh, uh, you almost dropped a girl on me. Yep, that happens. Do you remember, I, first time I saw the show, I was in the front row, and I... This was in the opening number? In, yeah. Oh, yeah, because yeah. um because her costume was falling off. Yeah, her costume was falling off, and you, I was like, yeah. I, I might have to catch that woman yeah. in a second. Like, Do you remember um Eugene from Hey Arnold? Yeah, I do. That's me on Broadway. <laughs> <laughs> Like, always kind of, like, on a bicycle that's hurtling into a group of pit bulls. You know what I mean? And then somehow it works out. Yeah. yeah. You always get there in the end. Yeah. You're always there for the final pose. Yeah, exactly. I make it to curtain call. <laughs> Which is more than can be said for some of the people in Spider-Man. Yes, exactly. Um, what What was it like? Yeah. Yeah. That's not something to joke about. Uh, yeah. Probably. But I yes. did make a joke. Yeah, um, that's okay. It, it, it is weird because the... It's tough because the story around that show is what it is. And I think that a lot of people, a lot of people saw the show. Yeah, a lot of people saw the show. A I mean, it was there for three years. We had two thousand seats that yeah. were. I mean, we we didn't have a hard time selling. Yeah, um, it was just so a lot of people saw the show, but for a lot of people who didn't see the show, 
the storyline, I think, became this sort of thing that the show wasn't, in my opinion. Like, I really... I, of course. But I'm I'm a huge Spider-Man fan. I have uh, my first Spider-Man comic section right there under some stuff. Really? You would have loved... Uh, it's like the 70s. It's from 1973. They had an archive at the theater. Oh, I hate of, that. like, That's amazing. Here's every Spider-Man yeah. comic that... Yeah. Oh, I love it. Um, I remember the first... I saw Spider-Man 1.0, mm-hmm. and I was in the flying circle. Mm-hmm. The, like, mm-hmm. renamed first mezzanine. Yes. Which is weird. Uh, but the, flying the first time Spider-Man flies out from the stage, yeah. I wept. Yeah. Like, I was uh, solidly in tears for the next 20 minutes of the yeah. show. Because I was just like, this is... It's too, it was too much for yeah. me. Yeah. I mean, listen, it was unbelievable what they did. Yeah. Like, unfortunately, they... Not unfortunately. I, I think that um, they took a risk. Mm-hmm. A huge $80 million risk. Mm-hmm doing something that had never been done before. And like, like, you know, not to put it, this isn't a comparison, but it's like, you know, in order to send a rocket to the moon, mm -hmm. you know, they had to do it on these gigantic computers and take huge risks and do Mm -hmm. these amazing, huge things that no one had ever done before. And people, you know, were, there were casualties Mm -hmm. and things like that. We were nowhere near that, but that was what they did with this show. They were not near that. Like, there, the, it was... I mean, no one died. There was <laughs> a lot of things that came out about it that were like, we invented this new safety protocol. And they're right. like, why didn't you have that before? And it's like... Correct. I don't think you heard me. We invented a new safety... Like, we right. we had to... Something... You know, and the theater's littered with this. Like yeah. Mary Poppins had yes. a bunch of injuries because their things weren't tracked at the bottom. They're only tracked at the top. So these you know, two tons sliding things crashing into each other on stage, hurting people. Right. And it's, it's just, it's because it was Spider-Man. Right. That people cared about the injuries. Yes. Like they were newsworthy because yes. people would read about Spider-Man. No one's going to read about the, right. you know. Well, it was already garish, right? It was already garish because it was. Bono in the Edge. Had Bono that. in the Edge writing a musical. And they had just done that Apple thing where like their thing was on the phones and everyone's pissed at them because yes. they gave away free music. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like. Yeah, yeah. It was, everyone freaked out that it was like too big brothery. Right? Yeah, yeah. They were, it was the first time that someone just like put music on your phone. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. you were like, well, I don't want this. And that was right before. And then Spider-Man comes out and no one is happy right. with Bono at the time. And... Sure. And, and even Bono makes out pretty well in the this story you know oh, yeah, yeah. like uh the huge investment the mm-hmm. complete revamp of the of this theater the um the oh the renovation there's yeah, yeah. all of these stories during the rehearsal process that's like there's gonna be full walls of fire and you know there's like uh, julie Taymor is like ripping out the the floor of the theater so that we can ha- you know it's like yeah it, it kind of became like Michael Jackson at the end, like where you could have said anything about yeah. it and people would have been like, that could be true. And um, some of it was. Like some of the things that happened in that show yeah. were insane. Yes. The the 12-minute video in Act 2 yes. where it's just yeah a, a weird montage of... Where they spent a million dollars on giant LED um Yeah. And then slats. a rhino runs through the billboard for the show that you're watching and yeah. it's like, this is what... It's, this is odd and meta. But also yeah. like... Perfectly comic And, like, very cool. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Very much so, yeah. I think it was also hard for people to attach themselves. And this is what I loved about... I wish that there had been some sort of middle version where, Mm -hmm. like, 1.0, I love and respect Julie Taymor. Mm -hmm. um, And I think when it's a property... And what she did with Lion King, obviously, was revolutionary, right? Oh, yeah. She took something and made it new and no one had ever seen anything like it. Um, And with Spider-Man, I think that... 
they just try like it's hard to make such an artistic move on something that is so beloved yeah that people I expect that. when i'm coming to see a show when i'm coming when i'm coming to see spider-man turn off the dark mm-hmm. i'm not expecting to see a gritty reboot you know what i mean yeah i think there was also an element especially with 1.0 where as a big spider-man fan i was yeah. like oh you didn't really read the comics sure. like the, and the the geek chorus yeah felt like they were making fun of nerds yeah and it was weird to me because i was like these are i loved everything about the show except that geek chorus and i'm i'm not usually one to be negative about anything like i know how hard it is to make theater i know how hard it is to make art they just felt pointedly like they were making fun of the people who would love spider-man the most and that's why they felt weird in the show for me because i was like i feel like i'm being mocked for wanting to be here at your show right you've just you've just come after your target audience yeah yeah and like like I was crying two minutes ago for yeah. loving watching Spider-Man fly, and yeah. I feel like these four characters came out and were like, "If you cried at that, you're a loser." Yeah, and I was like, "No, but I'm not." Like, right? Yeah, this I is spent something... a lot of money. Don't ruin this experience right. for this me. This is something that means a lot to me. And so when they were the first things cut in like the revamp, I was like, "It makes sense because yes. like, yeah, it... they didn't. I don't think they scanned well, and I think that there was a lot of people that maybe felt that way. Oh yeah, I um... everything else about it, well, you know, it's it's tough. It's a tough thing to adapt, and when you add a new villain. Yes. That isn't from the comic books. Right, that's not necessarily canon. It has to be handled in a way that I I yes. think when they were revamping it, they were like, let's just not have a new villain that people don't know about and stick right. with the Green Goblin. We'll right. do the plot from the first movie, essentially. Right. Yeah. For the most part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, um, yeah I, I think I, I love a lot of the things that happened in both. And I think yeah, that there's some sort man. of like middle ground that would have been even more so, like something for me that I would have really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said... I loved the show when oh, I, I loved it. when I, I first booked back. it and like got to go watch it for the first time. Mm-hmm. I cried for other reasons than just like this is going to be my first show. But mm-hmm. like I remember just kind of rocking out. Like it was a f- good time. Yeah. It was a fun, exciting musical that was doing things that I had never thought possible. On a oh, stage bouncing before. off the walls yeah. is technically ridiculous that whole that sequence oh yeah is so creative and incredible that yes. like i can't believe it and that first um you know new york debut mm-hmm. um when we have that set piece that the, the the floor literally lifts up spider-man does a full gainer and lands on the front of the stage that i mean we did a um i, we, saw, I saw the show with megan harrod yes um in at the end of my freshman year yeah. And we were in the fr- we were the middle front row. Yeah, that was where the rush was or whatever. Yes, and Spider Man landed maybe four inches from us. Yeah, and Megan, this is only for you because yes. if you don't know, her, but she freaked out. She was so mad oh, yeah. at me. Yes, um, yeah, it, because that flight was also engineered in a way that the gainer like kind of takes you right over the front row, so mm-hmm. it like looks like he's gonna land on you, and then at the very last second pulls him back, yeah. and he's there. Um, it's an. Imp- it's an imp- Impressive moment. Yeah, I, we did an autism-friendly performance while I was in with, with the show. How? Um, I mean, you know, it, you had to turn down a lot of the lights. Yeah, um, I know. I just mean like the kinetic energy on stage. Yeah, like it seems like that'd be a lot. It was, but it was um, the moment that they first saw Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Is that moment? Yeah, oh, yeah, that big gainer and the reaction like still kind of gives me chills. And, yeah, um, just oh, I to can't hear, just to hear kids um still connect to something in such a visceral way mm-hmm. 
was it was like this is why like I wish that Ben Brantley had seen that yeah, you yeah. know um, well I, that show I like that show means so much to people the the kinds of people that that show was truly for mm-hmm. I feel like it still means like me like that show still means a lot to me yeah. uh, despite sort of the the way people try to co-opt that storyline into something else. Yes, I think that fans of comic books um, have and graphic novels uh, have been trying fruitlessly to like get up that this is a legitimate artistic medium. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes we get close with like a Batman Begins. That's like this is uh, now we're nominated for an Oscar for best film and well, Black Panther now is yes, uh, yeah, Black Panther. That it's starting to make some headway. Mm-hmm. Um, I I, I kind of wish Spider Man was coming out now. I yeah. feel like it would do so well. Yeah. With how I mean, it would be a lot of Spider Man because uh, Into the Spider Verse just came out, and the, which is amazing. It's so good. Um, but I think you know people are more open to superheroes now than they were ten years ago. Yeah. Well, and I think that I mean, if fairly. there was a way, there was no way to do an out of town of Spider Man. No. You know, because you have to build everything specific to the theater. 1.0 sort of is an out of town. Sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah, in the way a that, year like, of previews, but... But, if, but it, there are three-month, four-month out-of-towns and where people completely rewrite the second act. Like, it's not yes. that far from... Totally. Totally. And uh, I think that with something like King Kong that mm-hmm. was in Australia for so long that, like, we, I kind of, you know, heard a couple of years ago that Saw they were the working on it. Yeah, yeah. They had an, an opportunity to streamline their process. Mm-hmm. And if Spider-Man had come in like any other Broadway show mm-hmm. and been able to just go into the theater, do the previews, try and work out the kinks, and open, it would have been... Maybe it would have been done worse, you know? No. I think part of that notoriety is what made people keep coming to see it, you know? Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, for, for me as a lover of the show who I, like, if it was still running, I would have still, I'd still be in it. I loved yeah. going to work every day at that show. It was an amazing group of people from top to bottom. It's um, one, I wish that you guys had gotten a real uh, cast album. Yeah. Because I, I do, I like the soundtrack that they put out. Yeah. Um. It's great. I love a lot of the music from that show a lot. Yeah. But uh, th- there was something about, like, that there's missing songs. It, and, was, like... it was kind of like uh, when you see a Disney, when you get, like, a Disney soundtrack. Yeah. And yeah. it's like... Um, there's it's... seven versions of Let yeah. It Go. Yeah. Yeah. It's Michael Bolton singing Let It Go as opposed to, like... Wait, no. I want a Michael Bolton Let It Go. I don't oh, think God. I've heard that yet. Oh, I would hear Michael Bolton any version of anything. But he did Hercules. He his... did Go the Distance. Oh, yeah, yeah. But his... Um, the Lonely Island that he did about oh, yeah. the the boat song oh yeah is the funniest. It's the uh, no no it's the, oh yeah Jack Sparrow, it's Jack Sparrow when he breaks song, into yeah. the Jack Sparrow stuff. Yes, turns oh, out Michael God. Bolton is a major cinephile. <laughs> um, those guys are geniuses. Um, what was it like putting on the suit for the first time and being Spider Man? Um, I fully cried. Yeah. <laughs> um, it it was one of those hilarious situations where um, each one of those suits cost about eleven thousand um, dollars. Why? <laughs> Um, because they were spe- the specific print, they were hand tailored to you. Oh yeah, I guess like, they are so tight. But, yeah, yeah. It, I mean, um, the mask was hand fit to you, um, and so to put it on for the first time, I think You're I like don't rip, don't rip, don't rip, don't rip, don't rip. Yeah, exactly. Um, and see yourself standing in a mirror, and you're like. I look like a superhero mm-hmm. and you know, it's like, it was my Broadway debut. It was kind of, that was kind of actually the moment that it hit me. Yeah. Um, cause I got the call. I had, I got to have that great classic New York moment where I happened to be in the middle of a shift at my restaurant 
And I got to go in and be like, I quit! I quit! <laughs> um, my and manager was super cool about it. Two and a half years later, you're back. Like. Right, and I was like, I'm back! <laughs> Forgive all the things I said. Um, yeah, like, you know, it was super exciting, and mm-hmm. like, but that moment, standing in the mirror, putting on that suit and pulling the mask on and being like, everything that I have done in my entire life has led me to this moment, mm-hmm. um, I started like giggling like a child. And, like, laughing my ass off and being like, I can't believe that this is what the end result is. That, mm-hmm. like, this is where it all starts, kind of. Yeah, because um, it's a weird... It's it's almost like a uh, like an act break in your life. Yeah. Like, at yes. the end of Act 1. Yes. You got there. Yes. And, but it also is catapulting you into... There's so much more that you can accomplish. Correct. Now that you have that in your hat. Yeah, and, like, for me personally, I was told a lot that um, I was talented but not special. Um, and I think that that moment was also a huge Mm -hmm. moment for me of being like, like you, you did it like to everyone that to the, I should even say to the few people that were Mm -hmm. like, there's a million yous out Mm -hmm. there that it was the first time I felt like, yeah, sure. There's a million talented people, but like, I'm the only me and I've worked my ass off to get here. So I had a nice, like moment about that see i got told you might be on broadway when you're 35 sure and so i have a podcast at 26 yes exactly um, <laughs> exactly um that's awesome the i yeah i can't imagine what that moment would have been like oh yeah just because like it's yeah putting on the suit is always the moment and and i, I know it's a moment everyone asks about because it's like you know what was like the first time you dressed up as superman and we're like i'm gonna be superman like i can't right. Or for Nick Cage, like, to get to do all the dressing up and then not get to do the movie yes. is so heartbreaking to me. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that would ruin me. Yeah. Yeah. That would be... Because it's yours in that mm-hmm. moment. You are that... You you are Spider-Man. That mm-hmm. five-year-old in you is very much like, whoa, I get to do... And, like, you're getting paid. Like, you I get to... I got to pay rent for two years. Being Spider-Man. Being Spider-Man. Yeah. You know? And... Then, you know, about a year into my run with the show, I also got flights added to my track. What flights did you do? I did um, the slow fall from the top of the ceiling, which was amazing. Yeah. Um, And then uh, I covered... They they tried to do a lot of stuff in-house. Yeah, yeah. So I basically covered every flight except for the hero flights, the ones over the audience. Oh, okay. Um, There was one specific guy, Chris Tierney, who is... A legend Incredible. and my hero and like I sat next to him in my dressing room and wanted I want to be him when I grow up because um, he broke his back he's the one that uh, yes that like you know you hear the stories of he fell um, and broke his well, broke like eleven bones and yeah. his he broke his back and his skull and like, and then went back like within six months yeah. <laughs> I saw um, I saw Dirty Dancing the national tour yeah. in when I was home for Christmas yes. Uh, like on New Year's Eve. Yeah. And I opened the playbill and it's Chris Turney. Yeah. And I was like, that dude broke his back like a year ago. Yeah. And he's doing the dirty dancing lift. Yeah. With that girl above his head. And every yeah. time he puts her above his head, I was like, yeah. Oh my God. He's an, unbe- this is amazing. He's an unbelievable, um, like it, he, he is that, he is like a legend for me. He's my Obi-Wan. I feel like. Oh he, yeah. Like, I totally get it. He was trained with Hubbard street. who is like an amazing dance company. Um, do you know, do you know Ewan McGregor's brother? This is my favorite fact. Uh, Ewan McGregor's brother is a Air Force pilot in Britain. Really? Yeah, and his code name is Ob Two. Hell yeah! I'm like, that's, that's amazing. That's brotherly love. Yes, it is 100. Um, yeah, Chris Tierney is—he's such a good dancer. 
He's and like unbelievable. Fi- just physically, I can't believe he went. I, like, yeah, went I've been right out to a, I've show. been out to a club with him one time where mm-hmm. he just is still. He's a very much a unique individual mm-hmm. and very true to himself, which is another thing I respect about him as an artist. Is that like we would be at like a club in Harlem and everyone's like trying to bebop, and he's like doing all this amazing like contemporary choreography and he's the coolest one on yeah. the dance floor well because he's being himself and like yeah. they're, they're, uh, it's so hard to be yourself like yeah. it takes so much confidence and i respect anyone who has that like level of yes whatever it is to be yeah. able to just this is what i do yeah. yeah well and for what he could have done after his fall like oh yeah to not go after the company mm-hmm. to not go after that guy um uh, he's he's one of the true good people yeah. that I have gotten to meet in this industry. Yeah. So, were you in the performance that he fell? I was not. That was oh. in. That was uh, I think in previews or at least during 1.0. Oh, was it? Yeah. Yeah. I I have the timeline of all that. I really it's hard because there was there was a lot of injuries. I really um, wasn't around for any. Uh, there was one major injury at the end of our run mm-hmm. um, that was kind of the final nail in the coffin. Yeah. Um, for that show and uh that i was actually out oh really for that performance i had sprained my knee doing the show mm-hmm. um which was completely my fault um and th- that's that's not the kind of injury that like that sh- happens on every show correct yeah yeah that was like a typical dance injury i'm um, pretty sure I, uh andy carl just he like sprained his knee getting out of the bed in groundhog day last yes, year like, yeah, like that yeah. just happens yeah knees um, are a terrible mistress oh trust me i know mine are yeah. I went from a dancer to a yeah. comedic singer actor yeah, at 16 exactly. because of a fall. Yeah. Um, what was the, did you have any big technical mishaps that you were a part of in the show? The show, I was a part of the, um, the longest stop. The longest um, stop. Yeah. <laughs> My book is coming out later this year. The longest stop. Long um, it's a children's book. Where at the very beginning of the show, our motherboard shut down. Oh shit. And we held for an hour. Um, and people stayed and, uh, it was really crazy. Some people had to leave, but it re there is a, there's a, there's a, um, a certain amount of time that like, if you hold a show, you technically have to refund Mm -hmm. the audience. I think something like that. Mm -hmm. And we were like coming up on it. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. And, but it was about an hour that we were all in costume, like waiting. And it was like the beginning of the show, you know? So we did a three hour Spider-Man that night. What was your favorite moment in the show? In the show itself, yeah, or 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 moment that happened, like a crazy moment that happened. Um, well, that was pretty wild. Um, there was a lot of stuff every night. Like, mm-hmm. I, I guess I can't think of a particular like I can't believe that happened. But the motherboard shutting down for an hour. There was a lot of fun during the um, the big twelve o'clock number, mm-hmm. um, where all the Spideys are behind Peter Parker doing this kind of. Like really cool. I called it uh, uh, Spidey Chi. Um, I, I Spider Man Tai Chi. Uh, Star Wars: The Last Jedi. Yeah. And there's the moment with Ray in the like dark yes. cave. Yeah. Yes. I immediately thought of that moment yes. in Spider Man when she's doing the like flicks and yes. stuff. I was like, oh my god. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah. Um, and we all have our masks on, right? Mm-hmm. So we have the um, we had the ability to like scream at each other across the stage or scream at Lee Reed the on stage. stage yeah. is huge. The, the stage is huge. The audience can't hear us. We can hear each other. Mm-hmm. And there was, there was a night that Reeve had the most epic voice crack that anyone has ever heard. And Reeve, uh, who's an unbelievable singer and yeah. musician, um, would always try, like he's, he's, he doesn't let go of it. 
Mm-hmm. He's kind of a like, oh, let me just like riff down through my break and then kind of come back up. But like, it happened it happened to be the kind of break that just would not let go. Yeah, yeah. So he just cracked like up and down for like <laughs> half an octave for like a, a a full bar. Yeah. Um, and we were all sitting there behind him, like, oh my god, oh my god, <laughs> oh yeah. We're like yelling at each other across the stage, like, you got it, buddy. Uh, that. That was particularly one of my favorites. Oh, I love that. Um, yeah, it, it was, but it was stuff like that all the time mm-hmm. because stuff would always go wrong. Did you guys have a pretty supportive group? Absolutely. Do you feel like the narrative of the show made you guys have to like mm-hmm. band together as oh, like an us against them kind yeah, of? Yeah, because you're the black sheep of Broadway. So mm-hmm. like, even when you're showing up to uh, Broadway softball or right, yeah, yeah. Um, um, I can't remember what they call. You can't say Gypsy of the Year anymore. Um, um, legacy of the Year. Leg is that what it is? I think so. It's a legacy yeah. robe. Sure. Yeah. yeah. That contest or Easter bonnet or whatever. I um, can't wait for the revival of Legacy the Musical. Legacy the Musical. Cha. Um, yeah, like you show up to that stuff and people are like, and here's the cast of Spider-Man. Yeah. You know, uh, it made us all, yeah, band together even tighter. And as I said, like if it, the show was still running, I would still be there. Yeah. I loved it. I loved every second of it. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I, it always makes me happy. Everyone I've talked to from the show always has that same sort of mindset about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that people aren't bitter about how everything happened. Yeah. Just because, like, you can't, you can't control the media narrative. Totally. It's, it's hard, though, because we want, you know, when you're in a show, it's so easy to be in love with yes. the show that you're doing. 100%. I, I did a show last year, and everybody that I knew who came hated it. My agent walked out in the middle of it. Great. Um, which is I not a bad like I'm not dissing her like no, no, I no. love her so much yeah yeah um, no, it was it was just a, it was a really messed up show about dark stuff right and the the people who loved it loved it and yes. the cast as the cast we loved it I still yeah. love that show so much yeah. and it's it's it makes you like kind of love it a little bit more when people are like oh it's not for me and you're like oh well it is for me and yeah we're gonna right exactly have when a you, good time when, yeah when you know what you're doing is. When you're passionate about it. I mean, like, yeah. I, I also got to do Escape to Margaritaville. You know what I mean? Which I loved so yeah. much. And we loved it. Um, oh, man. And we, unfortunately, are in kind of this time on Broadway where we're being it, we're being shown that, like, Broadway doesn't have time for... Fun. Fun. Or it yeah. doesn't have time for Mamma Mia anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it's tough because like uh, Head Over Heels was similar to that. Where I thought Head Over Heels was so good, yeah, I loved it, and I just the, I can't I couldn't believe it couldn't find an audience. Yeah, uh, but it's weird. I like I it, we're in a weird season where I don't think anything is finding an audience based on the numbers that I'm reading, not I based on my. Yeah, I haven't seen anything from this season yet. I've seen almost everything so far. Yeah, and I just it, it, there's so much incredible stuff being. Oh done. yeah, Beetlejuice is going to be amazing. Beetlejuice, be, I feel like Beetlejuice might be the one thing that, like, has a better shot just because the Winter Garden has that marketing spot. Yes. Yeah. That theater is worth its weight in gold. Yes. But even that didn't work for Rocky, which I thought was... Totally. I thought was going to run for 10 years on the fight alone. Yeah, I think uh, I think Beetlejuice is going to be a pretty amazing show. Yeah. I got to see a, a final run of it before they went to DC. Oh, nice. And it's just good. You know, like, if you can have a show like that that is going to be a very technic- tech-heavy show... Yeah. But not get to see any of the magic and still have a really good time. Yeah. It makes me very optimistic that, like, once you add all of the accoutrement on top, it's only going to enhance that. And all the photos I've seen of that set look yeah, just remarkable. Yeah, I can't wait. And Alex Brightman is a genius. Um, yeah, I just I, – I, it's interesting. I think we're in – it's a weird time where, like, I think Be More Chill yes. 
is going to succeed on the fact that the album was popular first, yeah. which is a weird way to think about how to market a musical in this modern, like Correct. you have to get people into streaming your show before yeah. it comes out to get people in the door. But I don't think that that's not, I don't think that that's untrue of when I was growing up. Like I listened to Wicked and that's very, spam a lot. And yeah. like, I wore those cast albums out. I used mm-hmm. to wait for those cast albums to come out. And then my first Broadway show I saw was Wicked. You know? Maybe it's just being here, it feels weirder to see it from the other side. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, yes, because people don't... There's a lot of people that don't understand the business mm-hmm. side and don't care about the business side. Like, all they care is that they show up and see that show, right? Totally, That yeah. they have waited forever to see. It was actually, um, like, part of our problem with Clueless was that, like, Dove Cameron had a lot of... Um, was out mm-hmm. during a lot of it. Mm-hmm. And because she's busy, because one well, because she was sick and oh, hurt. Was she? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah, that. Yeah. No, I don't think that. I think that she she's not the kind of person to just call out because. Oh, I thought it might have just been like she had dates for filming. No, and stuff she like she legitimately to... hurt her neck and got pretty sick Damn. during the show, like back to back. And then you know you're you're stuck with the realization of like Dove's target audience is not necessarily the show's target audience because mm-hmm. um, her fan base is like 13 and younger whereas we're pitching a show to like just like the parents age um, where parents. it's like the parents saw this at in high school they they love the movie well and it's all like contemporary pop or not contemporary it's uh like 90s it's, 90, pop it's songs. 90s pop and rock so it's stuff that we get nostalgic about totally yeah, yeah. but we're not the, i not nothing against of cameron but like right. i don't watch Sure, show. you're not her fan base. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and so, you know, we have, then you get into a situation where it's Christmas Eve, mm-hmm. and it's very clear that this was, like, the big Christmas gift mm-hmm. um, for half of your audience, you know? But Dove's not there. Half of your audience yeah. is children, yeah. and then you're performing for this crazy, hostile crowd. And That's insane. And the parents don't care that <laughs> Dove's sick, yeah. and the kids don't care that Dove's sick. All they care about is I spent five hundred dollars to see mm-hmm. Dove Cameron and she's not here. You know, yeah, and that's tough because it's like that above the billing thing is really difficult to deal with, right? From a producer standpoint, of just like, it, yeah, people go out like you can't, right? I, Laura Benanti is getting a bunch of crap online for not yeah. going to the stage door of her Broadway house of, the, of correct My Fair Lady, and I'm like, she's got a baby, like she can't right. shake a million hands and then go hold her baby, like it's right. just not. Well, and also, the thing, I think the thing that bugs me about that is that it's the, it's the when people say this is your job, your, oh, yeah, yeah. your job is greeting us after the show, and that's not true at all. No, our job is to be healthy for the two and a half hour. Yeah. There's a whole new, that we there's do a for thousand you. more people coming in two hours. Oh yeah, yeah. on a Tuesday day, it's like yeah. There's a thousand more people coming to see this show that, and I'm feeling a little under. So like, I'm sorry. Thank you so much. Like, <laughs> my job ends when the curtain goes down, though. I have to replenish my liquid so that I can sob for 15 straight minutes right, again. Exactly. I'm so sorry that I don't have time exactly. to, like, you know, take photos Correct. on your iPhone. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's tough. It's tough. And there is a part of it that, like, that's part of it, and it is part of it, but, like, it, it just can't be expected. Like, if No, of course not. Yeah. It's a privilege, and we've forgotten that mm-hmm. because the Broadway scene is very much, like, stage, door- stage dooring has become so much more expected. Yeah. I don't think that when we were growing up, people would like stage door nearly as much. I don't know though. I feel like rent had that. Yeah. But I feel like I, I and I can't say cause I wasn't yeah. here doing it, but I, rent is an exception to the rule almost because it was such a huge hit. Yeah. 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 And it's, um, it's like the Beatles 
yeah coming out of Ed Sullivan like people waited for them because they were the Beatles exactly I remember uh, I went and saw uh How to Succeed yes and when Daniel Radcliffe was in it yeah and I think it was his last show that I saw yeah and so the I walked out of the theater and there were like 3,000 people on the street waiting for him to come out and I was like what is hap- like this is yeah. this is insane. Yeah, well, and like you don't go to a Beyonce concert and expect her to come out afterwards <laughs> and you shake know? your hand and take yeah. a photo. And, and like, it's yeah, like yeah. you you got what you paid for. The concert was the thing you paid There's for. There's three thousand people in the theater. Yes. I, it would take me all night to say hi to everyone. Right. If you happen to go to the stage door yeah. and that person is willing to give of their time, that's awesome, and that's extra credit. You know. I just the thing that bothers me is when I do because I don't do the stage door unless I'm waiting for someone in the show I know, sure. but it's when I see someone who like gets upset that a certain person didn't come out, yes. but doesn't give it any time of day to anyone else. Like they were waiting right. for one person, yeah. And it's like if you liked the show, it was on everybody's yeah. work, not who just you? who were you? Yeah, yeah. Who were? Oh, yeah. Yeah, or when I come out of a stage door with a friend, and people are like, right. oh, you were so good. And I was like, I wasn't, I wasn't in the show. In the show. There's right. only six people in the cast. Yeah. How yeah. did you... Yeah. It was a very small, intimate... Sh- yeah. You know, it's just a weird... It is a weird... But it's important. And and that's what I hate, is like, our social followings are becoming so important. Of course. We're living in that age. It's, it's a weird, like, put your social media number on your resume. And I'm like, no, right. please. Yeah, we're good. Never. Um, and, you know, those those fans are the backbone of, like, what keeps us alive, right? But they aren't. And that's what's weird to me is that, especially working in a midtown restaurant, uh-huh. doing the pre-theater crowd every day. Sure. The people who keep us open are, or who keep shows open, are the 35 to 55 year old right. rich people who yes, can yes, afford, yes. Or, or, yes, yes who can afford to see a Broadway show. And listening, talking to them about shows has been the most eye-opening mm. thing about how Broadway works. Sure. Because, you know, like I, I knew the band's visit was going to close when it did because of the way that people who are coming from the band's visit to my restaurant were talking about it. Right. You know what I mean? It and it's a very weird, slow. It was more like I couldn't understand the, what they were saying. Uh, and it was like, I was like, really? They were like, yeah. Like I was at the back of the orchestra and the sound, I right. was like, oh, you literally were too far away from the stage to understand what they were saying. Right. And for like a 60-year-old person who spent $300 on tickets, right. it's not there. I'm not keeping Broadway open by rushing and spending $40 Correct. to s- yeah. stand yes. behind everybody. Yes. And I, you know, I love that. I, I saw To Kelly Mockingbird's standing room and I loved it. Yeah. But it is interesting to hear like the people who are buying those orchestra tickets talk about the shows. Yeah. Because, you know, it, it, it makes it tough to be like, yeah, SpongeBob might, if this crowd isn't going to go see SpongeBob, I don't know if there's enough tourists who are going to, you know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. And that's tough. Yeah. It's, it's hard to flip that um, out of town crowd, mm-hmm. which is usually your second year sales. So yeah. You, yeah. Usually you, you have to rely on the people in New York City to come see your show. And then once you survive that first year is when you start getting all of those people from out of town that have, the word has gotten out to. Yeah. Topeka, you know. Oh, I'm sorry. No, you're okay. Um, so are you have something next? Yeah. Can you talk about it or no? Yeah, I can talk about it. The 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 release is out. I'm doing um West Side Story at the Lyric Opera of Chicago. Is that the is that the one where they're doing new choreography? No, this is no. original choreography. This isn't the one that's coming to Broadway oh, okay. or the one that has been workshopping. I don't know if that's still coming to Broadway, but no, I this is um, not that strike derailed that a little bit time-wise but um they already did the workshop oh they did it yes okay um yeah and uh this is straight up uh classic 
choreography, West Side Story. That's awesome. Lyric Opera of Chicago. When are you guys um, there? We are there. I am there rehearsing April 8th, and we perform July until June 2nd with a possible extension until the 9th. You're, oh, so it's like Sorry, an 11 yeah. month run? Sorry, June 2nd. Until oh, I was like, what did I say? You said July until June. And I was like, oh, oh wow, that's a long yeah. rehearsal process no, for no, no, a very no. long run. Yeah, yeah, I apologize. Yeah, April to June 2nd is what I'm contracted for right now. I might stay for yeah. an extra week and go there till the 9th. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's going to be fantastic. Well, I hope people come check that out. Oh, I'm sure they will. There's plenty of people in Chicago. Yeah, yeah it's a 3,500 seat theater. Like, we, we, we'll have seats to, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's plenty of opportunity. But, you know, Chicago's got an incredible theater scene. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's gonna yeah. be my third. Have you worked there before? Yeah, it's going to be my third time. Oh, cool. I did the out-of-town of uh, the first Wives Club. Oh, that's right. Um, You've adapted a lot of different kinds of material for Broadway. I have. Yeah. I have. Um, it's been pretty exciting. That was supposed to be my first, like, original musical. It didn't end up coming to mm-hmm. New York. Um, and then we out-of-town Margaritaville at the Oriental um, oh, cool. Right, right. Yeah. Because you guys did three city out of town? We did New Orleans, Houston, and Chicago. So you got to do both your homes? Yeah. I got to do um, Play the Sanger, which was really amazing and mm-hmm. emotional. And my 97-year-old grandparents got to see me perform for the first time. Yeah. Um, I can't imagine they, you know, travel no, up here much. Eh? Not much. Yeah. Not much. Um, and then... Uh, and then we did Houston, and I was staying in a hotel across the street from the Galleria Mall where I lived after wow. Katrina, which was pretty awesome. Or I don't know if awesome is the word. No, awesome in its true sense. I was, yeah, no. I was in awe of yeah. like where my life had come and how circuitous it kind of was. Um, and then Chicago. Yeah. Um, and then we came out here. That's awesome. Yeah. And now you're going back to Chicago again? And now I'm going back Fourth to Chicago when it's not freezing cold. It's which, still pretty cold in April. Sure. But it's not like four feet of snow... I'm a, I was born in the swamp. Like, I, yeah, yeah. I, I was not, you know... As a Canadian, I'm like, I don't know what the problem is. Yeah, exactly. You just swim through it. Yeah, yeah. I don't do, uh, I don't do winter. Well, uh, I'm sorry that you're going to have to leave soon because it's cold outside today. It's yeah. not cute. Hey, it's okay. I know. I'm going to have to wear a this. scarf to keep my, my voce indeed, good for the show. Indeed. Stay warm. Um, well, thank you for coming in. I'm glad we got to chat. Oh, man. It was a blast. Uh, yeah, it's been Anytime. good. Anytime. Let's... I, I'm not joking about talking Bachelor. I would oh, love yeah. to do a Bachelor. Let's do a finale. Let's break it down. Oh, let's do it. We'll talk <laughs> about the season. I'm sure we'll know who the Bachelorette is at that point. Yes. So we'll like Ooh. do yes. some speculative. Yes. Any any um any pre um pre guesses as to who it might be? So my girlfriend read the spoilers, and uh, I do not want to know, but oh. she knows. Oh, okay. Right. Um, no I I don't know. I would love for the final two to be Kaylin and and Hannah, yes. just for the story of it. Oh, yeah. But I feel like it's going to be Cassie and Heather. Kathy, Kathy. Cassie feels right. Yeah. Cassie feels right to me. He really likes Kaylin, but we're not seeing as much of her. But like that, I think that's just because there's been so much drama. Sure. Yes. I don't know. I, I think, I feel like Cassie's... My my vote would be, I, I I was feeling a similar way that those are top two, but maybe Kaylin is the next Bachelorette. Ooh. Yeah. And then it's just a whole year of mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. talking about exactly. sexual assault. Exactly. Which I, I, I will say, uh, I'm really impressed with the way that they handled that conversation was, that they had. It was beautifully done. They yeah. just let it, they were like, you know what, we're going to give this... 
I think it's almost like 17 minutes of straight yeah. television through that. And I was like, I'm glad you didn't cut away. I'm glad you didn't go to a commercial break. You let this just like be this conversation. Yeah. And this whether, is more important than a lot of the things you talk about on here. Yes. And whether or not it was a premeditated situation, you know, mm-hmm. where they were like, you are on this show to talk about this issue. I think that I not that, not that yeah. that's necessarily what happened, but TV producers, yeah. you know, there's that, that was obviously had to have been brought up at some point. I oh, don't yeah. think I don't think you get to skate through the interviewing process for that show, yeah, without being like, here's my trauma. Especially since it was public, like there there were like news stories about it. Yeah, there there was no way that the producers didn't Google her and find out about it. Sure. Um, um, so yeah, I, I thought it was beautiful, and I'm really happy that those kind of stories are being shared on such big platforms because it's something mm-hmm. that so many people deal with. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that that would be, I don't know that they would make an entire season off of it if she ended up being the bachelorette. No, no, I'm not saying that. I just mean, you know, yeah. sometimes as much as I have faith in them to like handle the situation so well the way they did, there is a part of me that's like, oh, I hope, I hope there isn't a producer who's like, there always is. The fact that like the way that this season is always is like a season of firsts. You know what I mean? It's like, we get it. My, I was walking through Times Square and there's just a giant billboard of him and uh, the tagline was, uh, he's, he's truly got something to lose or something like that. And I was like, we get it. He's a virgin. Yeah. Maybe. Do you, wait, where do you stand? Do you think he's a virgin? Do you believe him? Oh, I do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I do too. But so many people I know are like, it's, 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 it's all for the cameras. And I'm like, I don't... I, it, yeah, I don't know. I feel like, I don't think that he's like, he's not that innocent. No, like, no, no, no. I don't know. I, I, I could believe that. I, I know, like, going to high school in Texas, like, mm-hmm. there are plenty of football players oh, yeah. that are like, ball is life. Like, I don't yeah. have time for girls because... And duh. it's a ball and God. Yes, exactly. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Well, that's a... Yeah, there's our preview. There's our... Uh, our, our preview for yeah. the ba- Bachelor Nightly <laughs> yeah, podcast exactly. coming soon. Yeah, man. From wherever podcasts are given away for yes, free. Yes, exactly. Thank you so much for having me. No, on, thank man. you, man. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm always happy to talk with fellow Pace friends. Indeed. Uh, what's your social? Where can people find you? Be Thiel for real. You can find me at Be Thiel. My last name is T-H-I-E-L-E, the number four, and then R-E-A-L. I only have Instagram. Um, that's nice Twitter's a mess yeah Twitter's a mess and Facebook uh, makes me very sad so <sighs> yeah find me on Instagram yeah and then uh, you can follow the Nerdy Nightly Podcast everywhere uh, not everywhere iTunes and Spotify uh, and you can follow me everywhere uh, at Nerdy Nightly yeah uh, nerdynightly.com is coming soon I'm very yeah. excited and um, yeah the music in the episode is made by Alex Levitt at A Levitt Heck go yeah. check him out that guy's amazing he's the best uh, and I love the music he made for the show thank you Brett And I'll see you uh, in like five weeks. Yes, sir. (laughs) Uh, Do something nerdy tonight. Bye-bye.